Hey there, guys and gals. This is Powerful Brandon, and you are listening to Comics Paradox, the bi-weekly podcast in which we discuss what-ifs, elseworlds, and all other kinds of alternate takes and tales for characters and stories that we already know and love. The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. And that's... It's great. It's part two of two. As indicated by the starburst on the cover. I, I, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say I like the second book better than the first one, I believe. So, Yeah, I mean, it's better, but I mean, it's sort of like, it's sort of like, I don't know, how like dog shit is bad. But then if you dunk, if you were to like dump a fucking vial of, of multicolored glitter on it, like it's better now. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's. Are you talking it's about the polished sh- polished turd theory? It's shinier looking dog shit, <laughs> yeah. but I, it's still dog shit. You know, it's well. Mythbusters a- did confirm you can polish a turd. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, <laughs> well, not this. This turd. This turd was not was not polished well. <laughs> um. I mean, I think Magneto already being like a a, a baddie for the most part helps give a little bit more focus instead of making two characters who were supposed to be heroes, namely cable and Wolverine, uh, the bad guys of the story. Uh, I, I think it's good to, to shift it away. There could be more and, bad guys though, as we go forward, <laughs> you know, they're like, just bring them on. <laughs> but yeah. We end up getting a little bit of um, sort of a, an Avengers versus X-Men kind of thing. Which, uh, what an intriguing concept. They should do that sometime. Yeah, it didn't go well. That's good. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> you know, everybody's fighting. And who I don't know why I'm seeing two Ben Grimm's on Sharon panel. Ventra. You remember Sharon? Um, she, it, this was a John Byrne uh, version of Fantastic Four in the early 90s, late 80s. It was, uh, someone she was uh ms marvel aka sharon ventra so she's the one who has like that m on the shirt there okay she became a thing as well so that was uh that was kind of a big thing for them pun intended a big thing that's great she i she do come back in the Allred, uh like the the marvel now book she comes okay. back in that one in like a thing suit so she she was an interesting character i i do appreciate that as um Oh, and apparently uh, the Freedom Forces said fuck it, and they are uh, they are siding fully with uh, Mutantum because we have uh, Matt Murdock going up against Avalanche. And... Yeah, outing himself as a lawyer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, 
Thanks, Stan Lee. You know, it's no, like- <laughs> not really. He doesn't really out himself as a lawyer. All he says is, if you'd taken this to the courts, Avalanche, I'd be fighting on your side. Mutants are entitled entitled to the full protection of the law. That's not him saying anything about him being a lawyer. That's him saying like working within the law is the way to to change the law. That's um, that's fair, but you you can't glance over the awesome Dazzler part because I'm a huge Dazzler fan. So yeah, um, and when she uh, which hold on, which part when she uh, takes out Sue Storm? Oh yeah, right there. Like <laughs> what? Never heard of that in my life. That was really interesting. But it makes perfect sense. I mean, her her abilities are all light based, and that would certainly screw with Sue yeah. Storm, who like I bend light around me. It's like yeah, well here's a whole fucking bunch of hard light. Enjoy that shit. And you know it's noisy. She's converting that noise to uh, to light, and so there you go. You know, but yeah, what do you think's gonna happen, Mister Mister Fantastic? Is going to shut you down. <laughs> oh yeah, he does his he does his patented move, which I mentioned in the last what if that we covered. Mm-hmm. He wraps his arms around Dazzler like you know like seven times and just keeps her completely immobile. Which at that point in time, I'd be like Dazzler. Maybe you should start training on how to shoot that stuff out of your like feet. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a great book where she fights the juggernaut, uh, and I I wish I could tell you what number it is. It's it's in the two hundreds, like X Men, Uncanny X Men two hundred something, right? And the juggernaut turns out to be like a huge fan of Dazzler, like the pop star and all that. Awesome. He doesn't want to hurt her, and she's got to fight him, and she is just like adamant that she is going to fuck him up and um i highly recommend checking that book out it is such a cool read which which book is that uh let me get let me get the the number of that x-men yeah uh, you 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 find that out and yeah. uh we'll just mention that uh magneto shows up here and uh i do like the captain america's like where's magneto there's been no sign of him for 10 minutes oh maybe he needed to use the bathroom cap get off his back <laughs> Um, and there we see Magneto with uh, the politicians, whomever they may be, taken prisoner uh, and saying, like, so you have a choice to make. You can let them die by continuing to fight or you can surrender and I'll let them go. And uh, the one of the politicians, uh, wildly out of character for the real world, I think. Oh, yeah. Says, Dan, Dan Quayle. <laughs> Yeah, going for a Kennedy-esque kind of thing, I think. Uh, Don't give up, Cap. We're expendable. Do whatever you have to to stop this monster. No. (laughs) No, I don't think that would happen at all. Not even remotely. Like, I will will seed belief in a, a fucking concentration camp survivor with mastery of magnetism (laughs) and a super soldier from World War II. Before I believe it even remotely that a politician would say and, and act in such a way. No, I don't think so, sir. Balderdash. Bunkum, Balderdash, and Malarkey. Uh, so, yeah, we, we move along and we uh, we get like a quick recap of the, the first uh, book from Uatu again. Like, yeah, we know, Cable... Did some shit, and now everybody's everything's falling into disarray. We get it. Um, now Magneto's showing up, and he's like, "Hey, mutant liberation force, why don't you uh, follow me? Because I'm, uh, you know, I'm actually an effective leader. I'm like this strife dingus <laughs> who I've so readily killed easily." 
Yeah, like I mean, Magneto all I mean didn't even have to get fancy. Like if I were Magneto, I would just literally crush the helmet that's on his head. What else you gotta do? You know, boop, boom, done. Done. Like oh he is a he is a telekinetic, so it's like maybe he wouldn't let you do that, but I mean he just loses all the time. That was like Strife's thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's he, he's a genetic clone of cable who ha- has more mastery over the telekinesis that they would both have on a genetic level, but he just doesn't do anything worthwhile. He it, it one of the worst designed characters I've ever seen in my fucking life. It's like it's like Rob Liefeld saw the live action movie Masters of the Universe. Yes, yes the Skeletor. Yes, <laughs> I always sword. thought so. And he's like, oh, I can make a villain that looks just like that, only I'll make his armor like shiny white and he won't he won't be Skeletor. Great, Rob. Go with that. I, I think they retconned him too. And and I don't know if this is just in the X Factor Forever book, but they had retconned where Strife was the actual child of Madeline Pryor and, and Scott Summers and what? the clone was Cable and, you know, and Apocalypse, who was kind of like the person that created this clone, was just like, mm-hmm. you're worthless. <laughs> you know, it's like you're nothing compared to, you know, the, the better version of you, which is Cable. So and that's why he was always kind of in his shadow and all that. But that so may full be an in, inferiority complex. One hundred percent. And and it's it's so funny on how that can get in, in a character's head. And and strife is just like such a tool. He, he like, just loses. Here's the thing. I can understand playing into the, the psychodrama of that more, like in a in a cool um and not even like a, a deconstruction or anything like that. Just like that to play into the motivations and headspace of that character. Like that could have been done marvelously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead he is basically the dick dastardly of X forces, wacky races. It is. Oh yeah. He is just insufferable in, in a joke. Well, that was um, Lee Simonson, and she was trying to fix, you know, this, like, as we were talking about polishing a turd, she was taking this Liefeldian character, you know, um, and just giving it some sort of depth and being like, hey, maybe he's like this because of this. And that would certainly make him more intriguing. Louise Simonson's great. Absolutely. She really is. She, I mean, she's she's, she's so the talented. reason The New Mutant is, was a good book, because oh, Claremont, 100%. Claremont left in, like, issue 22, and then she took over, and it's like, holy shit. This is gravitas. This is pathos. What the why, hell? Why hasn't anyone, why hasn't anyone used it? <laughs> what what is going on here? Yeah, no, it was, um, it was great. Yeah, so um, they're all still just like throwing down and going crazy. We got we got Storm uh, and some of her, you know, with Colossus, and we see uh, some shit going down with Mister Sinister and Wolverine's crew and. Uh, they, you know, Wolverine's getting ready to, you know, go all pointy fist stick at Mr. Sinister. And that's when Psylocke, you know, Betsy Braddock um, is just like, yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm done. This this started as like a one shot thing. We're going to get cable. And uh, you did that. And now this is just like a suicide mission. I'm I'm out of here and I'm going to go find Storm because she clearly has like the right the right approach to this she has a good head on her shoulders 
And to which Wolverine responded, and this I thought was absolutely fucking stupid. <laughs> yep. Wolverine responds with, you, you, ow! Because, um... He's a werewolf? Uh, yeah, he's did, turning did into Did Busey write the what if Wolverine was Lord of the Vampires too? Because, I mean, doesn't this seem like that Wolverine it does. to you guys? It really does. Yeah. Um, I I got that same exact feeling. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he did. That yeah. was the Lord of the Vampires. Let me see here. Because I, I know he wrote a ton of these. like it, And actually, like a good majority of the ones that we've read, we've covered. I think Busiek did. So, you know, luckily he didn't. Roy do... Thomas. Oh, Roy Thomas wrote it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So he, he read the Roy Thomas version. It's like, that's the Wolverine I want. That's, yeah, that's the Wolverine I want in every sure, comic. Sure you wouldn't like to look around, Mr. Busiek? No, 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 no. That's fine. You know, just wrap it up for me. You know, uh, put it on the card. You know, it's yeah, like, and, I got uh, a really cool Nightcrawler. Ah, I won't need him long. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know the explanation is his bloodlust has overwhelmed him before. Is he so far gone now that he'll never find the way out? Here's a better question: Do I fucking care? <laughs> and moving on to the next, the next page. Uh, to answer quickly, no, I do not. Um, we see that you know Magneto's letting all the politicians go. He kept his word. He's but... waiting goodbye. He's like. Okay, everyone, I'm so sorry for the inconvenience of making you float in midair with my magnetism powers. But Captain America ceded to all of my demands. So go live your lives for as long as you can. We're going to kill you all eventually. Okay, bye-bye. Make sure to pick up your gift bag. And then we see uh, one guy as they're walking out. And I don't know why he waited to do this while they until they were let go. He hits a button on a little remote that he has in his pocket the whole time. And we see silos opening up all over the place and the Sentinels are let loose. I prefer saying let loose as opposed to the Sentinels come or the Sentinels loose. <laughs> it's Sentinels come everywhere. <laughs> it was just a mess. Just need a warm, <laughs> a warm, wet towel to. To help clean. Oh, hmm? what? Is no sock safe? <laughs> it's the Sentinels come, and it's it's more bitter than you would expect. <laughs> we seek what is known as pineapple juice. <laughs> <laughs> Taste the rainbow, motherfuckers. This is the um, adult portion of the show. <laughs> good, good thing we have Catherine Hahn making sure that everyone knows that there may be some strong sexual content. <laughs> I know it's ashes, but like she and Catherine Hahn sound an awful lot alike. <laughs> I told her that. I was like, holy shit, it's, it's uncanny. And I'm not saying that because we're reading an X-Men book. Um, but yeah, so the Sentinels <laughs> show up and uh, thank you. The Sentinels show up and they start they start doing their sentinel thing, like okay, mutants, mutant criminals are targeted, then mutants, then anybody who's sympathetic to mutants. I mean, I appreciate, like, I think it was in the X Men X Men animated series in the nineties where they were given the command to, you know, destroy all mutants, and the sentinels yep. themselves were like, "Well, mutants are humans." So destroy all humans. I was like, oh shit. That's that's awesome. That's on the nose. 
You, you see on the bottom how they pointed out that they go after the new warriors. You're like, who did who did they have to sleep with to get into this book? <laughs> you know? Yeah, no shit. Like, oh, they've got two mutants on the team, Marvel Boy, aka that angel, and um and Firestar. You know, hey, and, we get, I was gonna say Firestar though. You get we get one of Spider Man's amazing friends right there. Yeah. And on the very next page. We got the other amazing friend. Yeah, that's right. Oh, now we just need uh, what? What's the dog's name? Miss. Uh... Oh, like Flopsy or something. <laughs> uh, uh, what? What? What the hell's her name? I have no idea. The the old woman with the dog. Yeah, but the dog is. Uh... I don't remember. I haven't seen that cartoon. You don't remember the dog? Oh, Miss Lion. Miss. Oh, there seen, you go. I haven't seen the cartoon in like fucking. 35 it years, is uh man. it is streaming on disney plus <laughs> the oh, uh, is it? yeah I, you can watch it i i, I like the, the molecule man episode myself but. i'll check it out the uh the writers of that show absolutely hated miss lion uh it was they were kind of forced to add a uh animal for like you know for the kids for the kids, for the kids. you mean you mean the superheroes with brightly garish colored costumes and powers wasn't enough for the kids it was the dog that was the clincher people yep. are stupid i thought i thought it was that uh robert mitchum showed up and told them that uh cats and dogs are now watching tv and that he really wants them to uh, include things like uh you know uh, little balls of string and mice and all that kind of stuff and that's when uh frank cross stepped up and said that he would do it that's the that's the uh uh, subplot of uh, the movie Scrooged. So, <laughs> you know, why does this sound so familiar? Oh my god! Cue um, John Glover. <laughs> John Glover, that guy. He is he is a delight, but he's also like he's like seems a lot. <laughs> he, I've seen him moving around. He's so he's so like he's like hurting cats. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Like good luck. He, he he he's so he's so energetic and and not, I don't want to say flamboyant, but vivacious. You know, like bombastic. He is, he is just uh, bombastic. Might be a little too extreme. He he's an absolutely lovely man. Absolutely lovely. He really is. Um, but he's so he's goofy and just he's I don't know he. He's a, a lot of energy all at once, you know. Um, but like I said, a, 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 an absolutely delightful man. My wife and I went. My my wife and I met him at Rhode Island Comic Con last year, and um, meeting him face to face and talking with him for several minutes, uh, and also seeing the frustration of the person working for him. <laughs> <laughs> He literally could not stop moving while we were taking the photo. And finally she was, she was like, stop talking, John. He was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it was not like a drug induced thing. He was just like, he was, you know, he, he was clearly like feeding on the energy of, of the situation. The oh yeah. yeah. It, it was, it was great. It was great. I hope it he was... comes, comes here to uh <laughs> Chicago area. I know he's coming to Indiana. So I'm like, Oh, come on. Just come out here. Yeah, he's delightful. Um, you know, and I, I've liked him ever since I was a kid. And I, I mean, I know he was in Scrooge. I never really registered him in Scrooge, 
uh but gremlins 2 the new batch yeah that's that's the thing that i i zeroed in on as a kid and uh the man is incredibly talented and so much to the point that i mean showing up in smallville he played a character that they created simply for the show itself and he was by and large one of the most interesting characters of that entire series i agree to the point where they honestly tried to incorporate him into the comic books and uh that was kind of done away with sooner rather than later i really wish that lionel luther had been explored more and incorporated into the lore of of lex luther is uh the way that they set it up in uh in smallville that's one of the one of the things where they really hit the nail on the head uh you talk about earlier with with strife and, and apocalypse it's very much the same thing and how Lionel yes. and Lex's um, dynamic work that that plays directly into how Lex approaches Superman and what, how he has to deal with defeat on a regular basis, his own hubris and inferiority. It it's, it, you know, it was spot on. And that's all because of the power of John Glover's performance. Yeah, absolutely. He took, he had to have taken, something that was on the page and breathed so much more into it. It's impressive. It really is. Um, that being said, though, we see that the Sentinels are now flying towards a bunch of the mutants, and one of them comes at Magneto, and he's like, <laughs> fools, I control magnetism. And then there's a plastic Sentinel, and he's like, oh, non-ferrous, eh? I guess I'll just use all of the metal around us to destroy you. And that's that's what he does. Because um, it seems like, what a great idea. But then they forget that everything else around everywhere is made out of metal. Like, seems like yeah. a waste of time in, in research and in development. U.S. government, good stuff. <laughs> and, yeah, they, they go through and they, they friggin' murk a bunch of heroes. It looks very much like Days of Future Past, which they do actually reference in this. Yeah, I, I call bullshit on this. You know, I mean, even even from like like so this this whole top part here where they're showing like all these uh, heroes and villains and stuff like that that have been killed by the Sentinels and all that. And I'm like, even in the darkest depths of Age of Apocalypse, some of these characters are resilient enough to sleek through. And I'm just like... Uh, it's, this is the part where it's like, all right, I'm with you, I'm with you. You lost me. They're like, oh yeah, these Sentinels killed the Hulk, and they killed Thor, and they killed, um, I don't know, Ghost Rider. And I'm like, uh... Doctor Doom? Yeah, Iron Doctor Man? Doom? I don't think so. Oh. You know, it's like, you know, I'm just... Yeah. I don't know, man. Like this, this is where it's like, if this book was losing me, this is where I'm like, all right, I'm gonna jump off this cliff. Yeah, I mean, even in Age of Apocalypse, Victor Von Doom is part of the the Human Council in the the Eurasian Human High Council that's trying to quote broker peace with with Apocalypse. Uh, him, Tony Stark, Sue Storm, exactly. like the who's who of sh who shows up on this page, you know. And yeah, I mean, Spider Man is murked in it. I get uh, it. I get you it. Know. You know, I Donald get it. Blake is there though. Yeah, he's actually the one who uh, who keeps Tony Stark alive regularly. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's like Wasp and, and Iron Man and stuff like that. It's like I get it if they died fighting the Sentinels and stuff like that. But you're gonna tell me that Thor, who's pretty much nigh invulnerable, 
you know, uh, but, but then again, I don't know if it's like at this point he's depowered, you know, cause that was a thing too. So maybe that's uh, the case, but he's wearing the, he's wearing the, the wing helmet. So probably not. Well, this, this could have been that, that time during like fall of the mutants where like his arm was perpetually broken and, you know, he mm. was like cursed by Hela. So mm. again, not a Thor person, but I know it was something, but um, I, I just like, this is where they start to lose me big time. Well, yeah. I, I apologize. I'm not that deep into Marvel, but like these are robots that seem like they're easily destroyed. And you have Tony Stark. Like, wouldn't he be able to figure out something to like take them all out? Yes. Yes, he would. Probably. Let me are, hold are on. You Wait, know? you are familiar <laughs> with the Sentinels, right, Leo? Uh, I am. Yeah. From okay. fr from the cartoon Days of yeah. Future Past. Yeah. That's all you okay. need right there. I mean, yeah. basically, you, you know, there, there is a point earlier in their career where, um, you know, they, they convinced the Sentinels to attack the sun since the sun was uh, the source of mutation. So <laughs> they actually flow off into space, <laughs> never to be heard from again. So that, that was brilliant. like, that's how they got rid of them. That was like uh, Claremont's first story. I think that's, that's actually pretty smart. What, what about the alternate do. timeline in uh, Days of Future Past, uh, the, the second one, where um, the Sentinels go and they kill Captain America, and then one of the Sentinels feels so bad that he actually disguises himself to look like uh, Captain America. Yes, the robot decides to change the way that he looks <laughs> to look like like Captain America. That was one of those things where it's such a crazy story, but they actually made a hero click on this, you know, so... Oh, what the fuck? You know, I'll look it up later. That is <laughs> what a doozy. Yeah. So, so wow. I mean, I like that at this point more than this page right here, where they're like, "Oh, everybody died." I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, hold on a second. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna tell me that the Hulk, Reed Richards, and Thor, and and Doom. Okay. You know what's funny is <clears throat> looking at that, and as we were saying, like the stuff about like how in you know X Universe, the two-parter in Age of Apocalypse, we get to see a bunch of those human characters who are actually alive. In that reality, Captain America, he was never a presence in Age of Apocalypse. I mean, he was never found. Yeah. So he, technically, he is still frozen somewhere in Age of Apocalypse. Like, I wonder how that would have played out at some point in the future. Hmm. I mean, it's not like they didn't do a continuation of Age of Apocalypse. They yeah, shouldn't they have, but they did. They, they've done several because, I mean, you even had a battle world of Age of Apocalypse from uh, Secret Wars from, what was that, 2018? 2017, maybe? 2017, I think. I, mean, I yeah. think 2018. But, but I mean, they made a legitimate series like years after, and it was all about what was going on still in Age of Apocalypse. And it's like, oh. Okay. They they've used it as a multiverse thing where it's like it exists like DC has your your uh, multiverse and all that. It so. was like Earth too, but Age yeah. of Apocalypse. Exactly, um, which is cool. But it's like, when do you see it? You know, do you see it after everything's happened with X Men and Magneto versus Apocalypse? Yeah, yeah. During, that's you know, that, no, that's exactly what it yeah. was. Everything that happened where X Men, you know, he's transferred to six one six. And Apocalypse was killed by Magneto, but the pieces are being picked up from that point, and the Age of Apocalypse still, quote, continues. Granted, it's become a branch yeah. and not the main timeline, but <clears throat> the whole thing is it, it starts dealing with, like, the Death Seeds and Celestials and stuff. Oh, um, God, yeah. With, with no Apocalypse there, 
turns out he you know the death seed wolverine ends up uh having the death seed fused <laughs> to him and he becomes the new apocalypse and yeah it's just it's fucking a lot of things with apocalypse go that way and, and that's why he's such a, a crazy character because you can go big with him but i mean going back to like his first appearance and stuff like that he readily had his ass handed to him all the time until mm. like finally he starts fighting like and they're like oh we're gonna make him this big bad i'd be like this guy that fought the high evolutionary you know it's like it is just really weird. Apocalypse is such a crazy character. Well, it's because they can't they they can never find the right balance. Like, do, do you want him to be the soldier villain or do you want him to be the mastermind villain? Which one is it? Yeah, it, I mean they they try to have both, but I mean like he's he's about as uh, together as Lobo as a character. You know, <laughs> you're like, oh, which I'd, one's true? Both. I'd I'd I mean I still enjoy far for me personally I still enjoy far more comics that I've read with Apocalypse and Apocalypse in them than Lobo. He's certainly in more. I'll tell you that. You know, <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like he even shows up in the Wolverine Jungle Avenger by uh, uh, Walt Simonson and Mike Mignola, which essentially is a Hellboy comic you know, with Wolverine. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, so we we see that you know there's uh, genetic classification areas and um, they're separating the the pure from the mutants and uh, and from those with the capacity to breed mutants. And <clears throat> Storm herself was like, this is the nightmare future, the doomsday scenario we've encountered several times before. It's playing itself out in the world today. And they give you the editor's note. Storm refers to, of course, the days of future past, first seen in X-Men number 141. Great. And, uh, you know, we have, we have uh, Wolverine still fighting and, trying to protect somebody who looks like they've been, you know, kind of beaten by a bunch of folks. And you see that rogue and I mean, not rogue storm and Psylocke are right in front of Magneto and surrounded. And, you know, she's trying storm is saying, I'm like, Oh, you've got to make peace. Deactivate the Sentinels. And uh, Magneto says, has your reversion to a child's form affected your mind, Aurora? I'll do no such thing. Oh, yeah. Hey, by the way, apparently Storm has been reverted to a child's form. Yeah, that, that had happened um, prior to uh, X-Men 266 and all that when she was being chased. Uh, so it, it, like I was saying before in the beginning, this is right before Extinction Agenda, and that had already happened to Storm and like x-men 250s po possibly when she went through the siege perilous i i don't know yeah but she was an adult yeah. in the first part of this mm, she, no she she had this look so they, they just didn't yeah. say anything they didn't say anything about it but all right well yeah. i found it to be very confusing it's incredibly confusing if you don't go in with the knowledge of knowing what's going on so yeah but, but that, she's wearing like that mark silvestri um costume and that's kind of what tipped me off i'm like oh yeah and the short hair done you know yeah well i mean what ifs are you usually the good ones at any rate they're usually very good about staying as self-contained as possible and yeah. explaining anything that you see within it in it um you shouldn't have to know all kinds of shit happening at the point in time at the, you know, concurrently with this to to appreciate what happens in it fully agree um, 
But that being said, you know, Magneto's a dick to no one's surprise. And uh, within a year, there's uh, no no part of the world that's free of the rule of the Sentinels. And, you know, the only mutants, uh, uh, let's see, uh, the resistance gets crushed. Magneto is, you know, he's, he's donezo, he's dead. And with all the mutants uh, <clears throat> that, that they've destroyed, the only ones that are living are slaves, prisoners, or worse. Um, or are they, as we see a shadowy figure jump over a fence at the Mutant Interment Center. Look at those calves. Look at those calves. <laughs> <laughs> and those brown boots. I wonder who it could be. And uh, we see that uh, Bobby Drake is still alive. Um, a few other people. Uh, I don't know who lived. Bendera, Sunder. Oh, Siren, I know. Yep. Amphibious. <clears throat> he's, one, he's one of the mutates. You've got a mutate, a Morlock, a Mutant Liberation Front, and um, a uh, or Freedom. Uh, I don't think you use. Um, you're not using the term mutate correctly. Mutate. A mutate is somebody who is not a mutant at all. They are someone who gets their abilities from an accident. Spider-Man is a mutate. No, the, these are a group of people that were in the Savage Land called the Mutates. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the classification of of like superpowered individuals. My oh mistake. no, I'm no, I'm using their classification anyway. So. I got it. I got it. Just to back up real quick, uh, I just want to uh, mention how they take out Magneto in the storm. I thought was very um, uh, smart-ish. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they uh, they put a nuclear warhead in one of the Sentinels, essentially to uh, nuke yep. Washington. Yeah, and they got a, th a three-ring mushroom cloud. Yeah, fantastic. Must have been three bombs in it. <laughs> you me. You know, it just it just bugs me because this universe doesn't have a Captain Adam character who can go and pick up all the residual uh, radiation and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like this country literally destroyed itself. Yeah. I feel like North Star and Aurora would be the closest you could get to that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I you know, and I would think that um, an, another character that might have some sort of. Uh, aspect of that might be uh uh what's her name uh the, the one that became uh rambo right she became, yeah yeah photon yeah photon that's that was her name or ms marvel for some folks out there she was the mm -hmm. first ms marvel um i thought john was rambo john rambo <laughs> rambo r-a-m-b-e-a-u <laughs> there you go we're trying to radiation around here I tried to chino the revolution. You bring any hazmat suits? No, they're not changing anything. <laughs> but, uh, I'm looking for Brian De Palma. <laughs> yeah, so Wolverine uh, breaks breaks uh, these folks: uh, Iceman, La Bandera, Sunder, Siren, and Amphibious out of the internment center. Uh, and you know he's like. You know, those prison regs, you know, don't suit what I got in mind. And they're like, what do you have in <laughs> Siren. And what do you have in mind, Wolverine? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Makes me think of Johnny dangerously. We've got nothing to say to each other. <laughs> sure we do. We both do other people's laundry for a living. We're both swell lookers, and neither one of us is Chinese. 
<laughs> well, I can say you've done your homework. <laughs> um, he shows like, oh. them promptly a, uh, a a projector that shows your testes and you. Your testes and you. <laughs> to get hey, lady, you want you want to make some money? Ah, one at a time, or both of you together. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I'm having a good year, and. Then we uh we see that they're putting on the uh the clothes that Wolverine gave them. And he's like, I'm not saying I can turn over a new leaf, be the leader Xavier was, but just by one two, I'm willing to try. There's a big job to do. The job Xavier left unfinished when he died. You want to tackle it with me? And then they say, Wolverine, you've got a deal. The X-Men live again and uh the X Men are uh, uh, Wolverine and, and those folks, so that's uh, that's why it's I'm... an interesting team. Like uh, I'll give him that. Like like the people that he picked was I'm like okay, that's kind of cool. Um, I mean I'm I'm more concerned with where Wolverine's getting his cigars at this point. <laughs> you know, that's a very good point. I, it... I'm also curious what the deal is with the uh, the the Rob Liefeld Rob Liefeld esque uh, diagonal pouch utility belt across his torso from shoulder to hip. Well, apparently uh, he's turned himself into a Humpty Dumpty like character with that body because uh, it, he just seems to be egg shaped. <laughs> you know, and, and then you look at like the tree trunk leg that he has, which uh, kind of looks like two legs, you know, <laughs> that are behind him. And I'm like, okay. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not great. Uh, I love yeah, I but, love Amphibious in this though because you don't usually get to see him often, and I'm like, oh my god, that's so cool that they picked the random frog character. I mean, it is kind of cool though because you would want somebody who could like get underwater and and do stuff under that way. Um, With the Wolver exception of Storm, this is the the all new X Men. You know where you you kind of have your colossus your nightcrawler your wolverine your banshee you know uh, you don't have a storm but you have an iceman who can kind of do what what she can do and you know so you kind of have that character and then she uh this this other one la bandera is kind of like uh a warpath i suppose i don't oh, really okay. know what she does but you know you've got your giant size x-men team right here yeah i'm Just, actually kind of curious i don't know much about um la bandera <clears throat> let's see here just uh to circle back i had mentioned uncanny x-men 217 with has uh the dazzler versus juggernaut so you could check out that issue really good read okay so uh la bandera has the mutant ability to influence the emotions of others which he uses to inspire others to fight against oppression and corruption Oh, okay. Uh, and she has energy projection. She can also channel energy blasts through her staff, the strength of which may be dependent on how many people she is currently inspiring. Mm. That's a pretty important character to have in your all-new X-Men at that point in, in time. Man, she should be the leader. No, you want to protect her. <laughs> yeah. That that's actually kind of a big deal. Um, but yeah, you have your you have your your uh your ground in in water and then you have you have yep. the sky uh then you get your your tank yep. your your two tanks actually two tanks yeah um yeah. in uh an elemental and then somebody who can literally help 
change the minds of people that they're fighting for and against. Partial psychic. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. We all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. (laughs) With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Do you have a hankering for horror knowledge? We have such sights to show you. Do you require raging retro reviews? Do you desire discussions with devastatingly dashing dorks? The Dorkening Podcast Network has nearly 30 shows to satisfy all of your nerdy, geeky, and dorky needs. From horror reviews and celebrity interviews. Hi, I'm Adam Green, the director of the Hatchet Films and the star of Allison. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who played the bounty hunter Gecko from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Ephes for Family. Hi, guys. This is Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo. Hi, my name is Grando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. As well as nostalgic trips into the past, pop culture, the latest in entertainment news, and so much more. Featuring a variety of shows and hosts that will simultaneously enrage, enlighten, and entertain you. Check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. My mom says I'm cool. Available on iTunes, Spotify, thedorkening.com, and wherever fine podcasts can be found. Yeah. yeah. So who's yelling Leroy Jenkins as they run in? Everybody. Wolverine. Yeah. That, he, well, I mean, his, his whole life is Leroy Jenkins. Are you yeah. fucking serious? <laughs> you know, Logan everybody always, Jenkins. You know, everybody loves fucking... Going to Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill speech about Superman and and shit like that, like Superman, you know, his his view is like, oh, people are weak, that's why he's Clark Kent. And then you have the movie Angus, where it's like Superman's not brave, he's invulnerable. Fair enough, <clears throat> but nobody ever wants to talk about Wolverine. Wolverine's a badass because he can regenerate. That's the only reason why. Wolverine is a different and more complex character than that. And a lot of what it comes down to is he will put himself in harm's way to do more damage or to protect others. And that's more at the crux of the character than him wanting to hurt people. You know, yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't gel with that at all in this. It's Whoa. not in here. It doesn't exist in here. And all they did was rip off artwork from other like there's there's 
there's pieces that he pulled out of out of um, Inferno, and there's pieces that he pulled out of like current X Men. You look at Magneto, where he's just standing there and like casting his hand off and all that. You literally took that from X Men number two from Jim Lee's artwork, and I'm like, I could not be more frustrated with the art and the writing in this book. And I'm just like, ugh. Hey, I'm just happy that he was wearing his Earth tones. Costume I am too. The entire yeah. time, I love that fucking costume. I it's, cannot. It's the best. I cannot stand Wolverine in a bright blue and yellow costume. It that was that no was John sense. Byrne, man. John John Byrne oh, did that, and I love it. It's it's my favorite costume that he's ever worn. Yeah, I think it's the best. I think it's far, you know, especially too with the X Men. I think it it sets him apart. You know, it 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 shows like okay, you know, I'm I'm here. I'll I'll be part of the team, but I'm still doing my own thing. And to his, have his new costume's pretty good too, if you've seen it. I haven't, I haven't seen it recently, no. But it's it's this color scheme. Oh, that's awesome! I I, I absolutely adore this. Um, I even I mean even the stupid wide buckled red belt that he wears on his torso, it it it's great. You know, I I like the whole look of it. Um, one another thing, and this is just like a nitpicky thing. Um, I really hate that Jubilee calls him Wolvie at one point. <laughs> In this whole story, um, it reminded me of how annoying I found Jubilee <laughs> when I was a kid. Like, I did not like her at all. And I'm not talking about the cartoon. I mean, in the comics, she I did. I just I was a kid and she was around the same age I was, you know, yep. and I was like, if I were uh, if I were at Xavier school, I would not fucking like that girl. I just like how down she was for anything that he had going on. And and it's funny because she was so like a Jason Todd character. She oh. was she was like an antagonist all the time. She's like, Wolf, are you gonna take that? You know, it's like, oh, what are we gonna do? And all that. And it's like she was so down for any sort of adventure as long as it was with him and, and I see I, I like that it, about her. I like yeah. that she well, you see, I always looked at it as she always was like trying to tag along with Wolverine because she wanted to be tough like him. But I, I, I always saw her as like an instigator or you know, not a full on perpetrator, but she certainly did lean towards egging on. And like you said, like, you're going to take that? Like, I thought you were t- I thought you were tougher than that. It's like and Wolverine's like, yeah, yeah, I am. I was like, bro, you are you have been alive since the fucking 19th century. Why are you letting this 13 to 14 year old girl get your goat? Stop it. Stop it. Right now. But I do like her now. Like, I feel like, yeah, uh, I do feel like she uh, she eventually, like, grew more as a character. And I, I like her a lot more uh, over the past, like, 10 or 15 years, 100%. Post when she was Lord of the Vampires, just like Wolverine? <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't mind. <laughs> I actually didn't mind that, that Jubilation became... A vampire. I I like the uh, I like the the kind of dichotomy there where her mutant ability is light based, and she but she became a vampire. It's like that's so fucking weird. I don't know how that resolved, but it was cool. I stopped reading after a little bit because I was like, (laughs) oh wait, I don't care. I don't care enough to read about this for like another year. I I believe at this point in continuity, she's back to being just a mutant that was brought back on Krakoa, and that's it. 
Ah, yes, so, that makes like sense. that's that's it. So, but um, I mean, if I was to just push us, you know, through the threshold of Krakoa to where we could make our judgments about this book, this is not a good representation of what the X-Men are and represent and all that. I think no. they do a good job of showing what a dick Xavier would have been. Um, and I get that, but everything is so mischaracterized. I'm like, dude, did you not have like the, the Marvel series two card set to pull information from? I'm like, come on. You know? I know. I, you, seriously. It, it was, it was just, there's, there's, it's not the worst what if story I've ever read. I agree. It is not the worst. It's it, I mean, yeah. It's not. That's, that's still that's still volume one. What if Jane Foster Ugh, found the yeah. of Thor? Um, that is this still makes the worst. You want a better book? Like like when we had read. The I can Captain see the bone. Yeah, no. I can see the bones of of something that could have been really fucking great. Yes. In this what if, uh, but instead they just rehashed certain things and they're like well people people liked uh part of this and they like part of that and they tried to like suture them together and quite frankly i don't need every time sentinels show up for stuff to end up becoming days of future past i agree I, i don't need it i don't think it's necessary i think it's um recycling that and doing a disservice to any new things that could be done with the Sentinels as, as a plot device, even. And and, and there's books like with the Sentinels that are so good, like X factor when, you know, Cyclops ends up in Alaska and he has to fight master mold by himself. And I'm like, yeah, that is a great compelling read. Like go check that shit out. You know, just, it's just like, it's, this like infuriated me. It just made me so angry. I'm like, I'm like, and no one's going to mention that rogue must've died because Zaladane's there from the savage land. And no one's going to talk about this shit. No one's going to talk about any of this. I'm like, okay. Havoc is there for five seconds. And you're not going to mention on how he was brainwashed and probably not going to be part of the X-Men. I'm like, okay, that's, yeah, we're doing well, this then. You know, I'm, I'm like, yeah, it's, right. it's how it goes, Justin. <laughs> I, I, I will say this, uh, if you're reading this, this makes just as much sense as every other X-Men book in continuity. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, don't try to don't try to understand it, go with the flow. But then it just gets so far and you're like, wait a minute, they they killed Nightcrawler. Why would they do that like that? And why would they just like kill beat? OK, whatever. You know, I'm like it, there was a point where I was just like, all right, whatever. Let me just finish this book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for real. Um. Oh shoot, I can't. I'm trying to find the the thing you made for scheduling, Justin. Oh, for the next book. Yeah. The hell. It's cool. But I'm I'm looking forward to getting back to some of these other uh, Marvel what ifs, where just hopefully it's a little bit more cohesive in the storyline. It's a little bit more believable. And and I love mm-hmm. the writer. I love Busiek, and the art was serviceable in this one. It's it's just you know I I wish it was a little bit more brought together like some of the others that we've read. Uh, the next book is "What If the Hulk Had Killed Wolverine" from "What ah. If uh, What If Number 50. Nice. There we go. Yeah. Where, why can't I find this damn? Oh, there. It is. Oh, now it shows up. My <laughs> God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What number fifty? What if the Hulk had killed Wolverine? I actually think they had uh, foil on that cover too. Ooh. That, uh, that issue. Yeah. Schmancy. Um, yeah. Wolverine's uh, adamantium skeleton is on the front of it. I believe with like uh in front of a tombstone or some such shit. 
Uh, they just not that that book, but they just did a uh, homage to um, the. I think it's the McFarlane cover with of the Hulk. Um, yeah, the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, incre- uh, yeah, Wolvie with the claws, and you can see uh, uh, Hulk's face in the reflection. Important book. That's uh, that's an important book. That's where we uh, found out that the Hulk actually has a healing factor as well. He does what? Yeah, that town. <laughs> and he's we- gray, but bleeds <clears throat> green. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I'm I'm trying. Oh come on, I just want to see. I just want to see the the cover of it. I, I need to see it. I don't blame you. You know. I- I feel like I'm remembering it correctly. Yep, yep. That that be it here. I'll I'll give you a little little uh, preview here. Oh yeah, nice. Oh, classic '90s. Look at that. Yeah, but the 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 whole skeleton portion here, just this, is is foil. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I I remember it like it's it's got like a 3D uh it like it, it bubbles up so you can actually feel it. Like if you were a blind kid and somebody handed you this comic, man, it'd make your day. Yeah, cuz it's all embossed and all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. It, I wonder if I can get a copy of that. Maybe I'll go find one. I have it. <laughs> but I mean, I have all the what ifs, so. Nice. I mean, all the volume too. Uh we, we I mean, we have we have an awful lot of what if what if material that uh, we can we can attack and uh, also a, a lot more Elseworlds too uh, because there's whole there's a whole swath of uh, Elseworlds that we we have not compiled yet that I realized uh, Leo because we have to get all of the annuals that were done as Elseworlds nice oh shit that's a lot. I- I will say I'm glad that you picked this book, even though it infuriated me, because good art should evoke some sort of emotion. And while this isn't necessarily good, it's definitely evoking an emotion in me. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 I get it. Like, well, you know, part part of part of the part of it is like, listen, we're we're covering this because you know we enjoy the concepts. Yeah, uh, but but that doesn't mean anything gets an automatic pass. We we talk about it, the good and the bad, warts and all. Yeah, there's some um, good good ideas in there, you know. I think I think it's important, especially you know, with anybody that does the kind of stuff that we're doing, with uh, going going over these these books that have been around forever, and maybe people love them, maybe people hate them, maybe people don't even know about them. But it's uh, sort of our responsibility to say like we enjoy it too, but not everything is uh, is built to last like at the at that point in time when it came out sure maybe it was fun when we were 12 or 13 looking at it now like oh this does not hold up um and if if you're listening to or watching a show where <clears throat> it's uh they they do comic book stuff and it's always everybody's in full agreement every single time about how great a story was and they <laughs> yeah. only cover the things that they like and they 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 don't have any interest in talking about something that doesn't grab them the entirety of the time. That's boring. Uh, I I think that some of our best conversations have come from uh, not just a difference of opinion, but also when we are just like, what a fucking stinker. <laughs> like, 
you know, that, that makes for a much more enjoyable experience for us. And I think anybody listening is as well. Uh, that's, that's about half the fun of, of such things. And this is another one of, of those experiences where I read this two-parter, which of course, like I picked the fucking names out of a hat and, you know, we got through it and I was like, Oh man, this was uh this was not a shining example of why people should read what if, but it's certainly a great example of the potential of what if, because if they can do that with a two parter, imagine some of the other stories that, that are out there and that we've, we've covered already and that we have yet to get to. So it's always, I always end these, these like mediocre tales that we go through with, with that same air of hope, like, Oh man, the next one's going to be good. And even if it's not, we'll find the good stuff in it and still fucking comment on the bad. You Heck better yeah. believe it. Absolutely. I, I don't regret reading the book one bit. You know, yeah. like I said, it made me angry at times. But like other than that, it was cool to see some of this shit. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that being said, we can wrap this up. Uh, we'll we'll uh, say our goodbyes when we when we go in the same order uh, as as before. Uh, you know, hi, everyone. Brandon. Uh, just you know, keep on checking us out every other week, Sundays when we when we drop. Um, and uh, we do we do this in tandem uh, every other week with with another uh, podcast. I'll let I'll let Justin tell you about that one. Um, and if you want to check me out on social media, I'm on Twitter at Brandon's Powers, on Instagram at this Brandon has powers. And if you want to uh, follow along anything that's going on with uh, our podcast here. Uh, ch- come on over to Instagram and check out at Comics Paradox Podcast. Uh, Justin, go ahead, take it away, bud. Uh, yeah. So the other show that we do is a Batman show where Leo and I fanboy out about Batman, and Brandon tries to bring us back to reality. It's called The Dork Night. <laughs> um, it's it's fun. Uh, we we tackle a lot of things. Talk that, about uh, hurting cats. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, we talk about a lot of things, and we'll deep dive into characters like maybe Killer Croc or something like that. And and uh, you know, it's it's kind of a fun thing to do. Um, and we we kind of deconstruct some of the stories and, and uh, maybe even some of the gadgets and stuff. Uh, and uh, that's the Dork Knight podcast. You can check me out online at the Epic Tales from the Sewers podcast, epictalesfromthesewers.com. You can check that out. We're talking about all kinds of Ninja Turtle stuff there. And on Facebook at the Epic Shells Facebook group. Awesome. Uh, and for me, just Google Leo Pond. You find a bunch of stuff. Could be true. Could be not. I'm not going to say which is which, but I run the Dorkening Podcast Network. There's a ton of shows on the network, including shows from these awesome gents right here. Uh, you know, head on over to thedorkening.com and you can, uh, you know, uh, check us out, you know, here every uh, Sunday uh, doing one show or another. I also do uh, uh, splash pages on Tuesday, Wednesdays, uh, do a show with Still Token With and uh, uh, Midweek Geeks as well. So a lot of stuff going on. And uh, with that, uh, see ya. We'll catch you on the flip flop. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.